0: welcome welcome back to 12 bros back it's been an extended break we've uh we just we, we do this part-time tom we've had a few little things going on in our personal life uh which has made it a little bit tricky to to get on the mic but we're back yep we're gonna say back a few times get used to it absolutely Hey, uh, are you traveling tom welcome
1: yeah yeah no going magnificently seb as uh oh look you see it in the media you've got uh you know Triple M and SEN types ducking off to Bali. We we just missed for for real reasons. Seb, uh, I've gone off and and uh, had had my first uh, little Ava born on the sixth of July. So um, yeah, got had my hands full with that, but it's been absolutely magnificent, and I'm loving it. So uh, good to be back online. But uh, yeah, have loved that uh, month. Just uh, you know, getting to know her and. And helping out my wife Beck who has been absolutely amazing. So yeah, you can imagine the hands are full with that. So it's oh, no, uh, it's no been doubt. pretty busy. No doubt.
0: I'll give you a bit of advice. Um, for the first twelve months, like you're effectively just a good, really good caddy. <laughs> <You> just <laughs> yeah, gotta follow reckon, him yeah. around. You just gotta be there, give them things when they need it, take it off their hands when they don't. Little bits of advice. Don't get too involved though, they're running the show. You're just, you're just a really good caddy for twelve months.
1: Oh, uh, that's that's just wisdom from having two from you there. So I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. My extended experience uh in the world of fatherhood.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and you're you're back on deck yourself after uh after some illness, some COVID. Yeah,
0: like I'll self-indulge. I went to the North Richmond game. Like yep. I went along to the Lego store with my little little man. We went and had a look, walked over to Marvel, uh Saw one of the all time great wins. Yeah. Bruce footy was alive.
1: I think you, you've um, lost your coach since I last actually uh, tuned in. So, what's lot, happened? But that was a great win. Well, the players never really had the coach. So,
0: depends how you want to look at that. Oh, yeah, but, um, yeah. No, we, we, we had a great win. Um, it was like my, effectively my son's first win. I don't really count that game against West Coast because it really didn't feel like a win that day. Um, yeah. took him along, yeah. we're screaming, we're yelling, as you'd say, we were dancing in the aisles. Um, I high fived about twenty people. Um, oh, I can imagine that about two days later I got COVID. Um and, and I was out. And my Jeez. wife came in and said to me, Oh, yeah, you probably got it at the footy, and I just was like, It was worth it. <laughs> I was out know. stuck in bed for two days, couldn't move. Well, yeah. If you, uh, you're high fiving,
1: you would have. Uh, yeah, you might might have. Uh, you, you can't exactly fist pump in the moment. That's just not what it's about. But yeah, oh, it, it hits you like a ton of bricks, doesn't it? Oh, it,
0: it did. But we be Richmond. How good was yeah.
1: that? <laughs> you probably just had the replay on loop as you recovered.
0: Well, uh, we, we're shaping the top eight. <laughs>
1: yeah, you are, yeah. Look, I, I I loved it as a Saints fan. Um. So you yeah, look, we're we're back on deck now, and and now we've you know. Ready to go for the the back half of the year in September.
0: Yeah, there's there's two games to go. There's lots of little jostling for position. There's still a a hypothetical about three or four spots available in the eight, but I think only two teams can take them. So it's a race in ten, and uh, you just got to win. Like win and you're in. Style um, Carlton win either of their games, they're in can't miss. Um, but the but if they can't, and the Dogs can get a couple, or the Saints can win out, you know, there's there's an opportunity. You're saying you're a chance, Tom.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, mate. I, I maybe I'm I'm being negative. I'm I'm looking at if we could win our last two and not make it. It's it's like that at the moment. We when you're outside, you know, we were in last week, and then obviously we'll get to the, the game at the Cattery. But we were in, and it was our destiny. But now we're waiting for other teams to drop them. So. I've been looking at the Blues and the Tigers fixture coming up, just to see if there's something there. I mean, we've got to win our two, obviously, but yeah, it's uh, it's not. I wouldn't even say the door's ajar. It might have creaked open and let in a a millimeter of light, but it's it's not looking good. But who knows? Stranger things have happened. I'm actually looking at the uh, that race for the top four. It is a it's going to be a real photo finish there. There are some probably five teams going for those final three spots in the top four, uh, given that the Cats are locked in.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting because there is a team that's won a few games in a row who I think is still the most vulnerable in that top four.
1: Well, I know you're probably referring to the Pies, but you could also argue that about Sydney.
0: Well, see, I think the winner of that game will finish top four. They play each other Sunday three twenty. Um, oh, at, at, and this is this is quite odd. Luke Parker said they're playing at the G. I've never heard the SCG referred to as the yeah, G. That's say, a real Sydney side of term, I think.
1: Geez, that's yeah, that just doesn't sound right. Uh, referring to that as the G, look, they they do whatever they want up there, but yeah, geez, they they didn't do it intentionally. But the AFL would be loving how the fixtures panned out because they've had you know top two, top four, top eight clashes and multiple versions of those clashes throughout this last month basically and you know i think you know there's an article came out last week there were literally a dozen games that you know your favorite term said the old eight pointer the top 10 basically playing each other so they didn't mean to do it but they've landed on their feet the afl and it is magnificent for the fans because it's what we want to see yeah well
0: um comes back down to luck at the end of the day, doesn't it? In The last couple of rounds, no one can predict the future, but yeah, there's uh, there's some good clashes. I mean, we've got uh, we've got Sydney Collingwood, Carlton, Melbourne. Even uh, even St Kilda, Brisbane. Like the Saints aren't in the eight, but you're challenging, yeah. and there's a got lot a, to play for.
1: Got a Friday night out of that one, so tune in for that if you can. But yeah, there's yeah, absolutely plenty to like. So. We'll probably look at the games coming up with that lens. I know that I know you just tried to Google uh, alternatives to the term "dead rubber," and uh, it just gave you alternatives to rubber. But uh, you know, there, there's a few games we might glaze through, given that we're focused on this top ten and and the finals race.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's um there's some games that are really more jostling for draft pick position, uh, which unfortunately you have to try and lose to. Be the real winner in that game, which you know we don't encourage, but um, let, let's get stuck into it. Uh, game of the century, the millennium, apparently was Friday night. Collingwood and Melbourne, um, Melbourne's won every key statistical stat, but lost the one that counts on the scoreboard.
1: Yeah, I we haven't had a chance to talk about the the pies run 11 straight now, and the fact that it is legit involved that many, you know, one goal or seven point or under. what is it? Nine games under two goals or something like that. Where do you sit on it? Is it is it luck or are they actually good in those moments? Because, you know, any game that's really under two goals is a, is a game of luck. It's luck in the right moments. I mean, are they making their own luck is what I'm trying to ask. Or are they just legit? Getting the rubber of the green consistently because if it is that latter, then it's going to run out sometime, and you probably don't want it running out at this point of the year, but you know you can't argue they were awesome on Friday I um caught you know well caught the parts of that game as much as I could, and i mean they they just held firm defensively, they just locked down, and, and the d's just they couldn't move it past the wing for the last ten minutes of that game, so that that bit impressed me but I mean, their percentage is 106. So, I don't know. Where do you sit on them, Seb?
0: Well, there's lots of there's lots of different ways to look at it. If you're a Collingwood supporter, we just keep winning. No one's giving us credit.
1: Get that. There's a lot of that going around, I, might I just add.
0: If you're a supporter of one of the other big rivalry teams, it's, no, nah, you're terrible. You just keep playing terrible sides. And then there's like us intellectuals <laughs> who just sort of see it for what it is great you're winning you're doing the right thing you're playing well in tight games you've built some self belief you're making your own luck to a degree but there it's a, it's like right it's like if you went to you went to a, a let's say a designer clothes store and, you you know, you probably can't afford it in a lot of ways, but you're using your credit card and you're buying this, you're buying that, nice shoes, nice shirt. You want to look nice on a Saturday night. Maybe you get like a nice sort of jacket. You buy all these things. At some point, you're going to have to pay the bill, <laughs> right? Yep. And they've got all these wins and all these tight games, right? All these tight games. So it's not since round nine they lost by 48 points to the Dogs. Gee, that was a, it's a bad loss, isn't it? Yeah, it's not right? great with time. Terrible loss. Went over to Perth, beat Freo. That's a great win. We give them credit there. Carlton by four points. Colling will want to make fun of Carlton for being terrible and about to miss the eight. Well, that's not a good win, is it? Yep. Terrible win. Hawks by four points. They might be the worst team in the comp. That's not a great (laughs) win. Beat the D's by 26. I'm going to come back to the D's in a minute because they're twice in this little run of games. Uh, Had the bye. Obviously, can't lose that one. The Giants by eleven. In Melbourne, not a great yeah, win by not... any stretch. Suns by five, up there, a little bit of credit. North by seven. I'm telling you, if you've seen North, not a great win. Collingwood, <laughs> uh, Adelaide by five.
1: That ain't great. That was on their home deck too, that one, yeah. wasn't it?
0: Essenham by four after the siren.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we, we didn't Adelaide cover that week, but that six. was freakish, that Jamie Elliott kick.
0: <laughs> Melbourne by seven. Now, there are certain teams and situations where one team just has the wood over the other due to sometimes it's game style. Sometimes it's a little bit of like a mental thing, like a Geelong Hawthorne. Um, but sometimes it's just one of those, they always play well against us and you sort of can't explain it. That's Collingwood of Melbourne. I can't remember how many times, um, what is it? Six or seven or something like that. Yeah, Melbourne it, obviously it's... won the flag last year and lost to them anyway. So, um, where I, I, I want to give Collingwood credit for winning these games and putting themselves in a position to succeed. Um, I want to remind people that they lost to West Coast. It's they were up true. like 35 points in the last quarter against Geelong and lost that game. Um, and th- there's this thing with the AFL with the way they fixture the games, right? The, in the 11 games they've won, they've played Melbourne twice. Right? They've played... Look at the ladder spots. they play played North, Adelaide, Hawthorne, Gold Coast, Port Adelaide. They, they, these are bottom eight sides, and they're winning by like a kick. The Giants, that's six, of the, Essendon, that's so, seven yeah, the, of the bottom ten, I'm pretty
1: yeah. sure. Yeah, so it, they're just it, cashing it, in on those games that they, you know, they're 50-50 games that they're literally just, you know, getting that turn of the coin making yeah. it at 55-45 and winning.
0: And then if you look at their schedule last year, they lost every single one of those games, finished 17th. But they weren't actually that bad last year. But they just weren't getting luck. Things weren't going their way. Buckley disappeared. Um, And now it's gone the complete other way. And they're winning all these games. And suddenly they're 15-5 and and they think they're world beaters. Um, Here's what's going to happen. They're going to end up somewhere in the middle. They've overachieved. I've done my little ladder prediction. I've got to say, it depends on the Carlton game. I really can't pick that one. But I think Sydney will beat them up there. Not to say they can't win. I'm not writing you off, Colin. would we'll just settle down. Uh, settle down. <laughs> um, I can see them losing both, finishing sixth. And that's technically an away final, although if it's any Victorian club, it's obviously at their home ground. Um, I just... They could finish top four. I just... I don't, I, don't, I don't fully how to explain it, but they're just not, they're not that side. They're just playing like that side. And sometimes that's enough, but I can't see them in a the grand final.
1: Oh, yeah. Grand finals, a stretch. I mean, I had a... They've hagg- just... 11
0: in a row, Tom.
1: No, They've they won yeah. 11 Look, in a row. They have. Impressive. I mean, the Cats have won an 11 in a row. If you want to just put two together, like, yeah, the Cats get some soft ones, as we know, because of what they get. But, um... Yeah, I, uh, look, this Melbourne game has me convinced that they might win, an, you know, an elimination final—they like fifth or sixth—they might might get a team in this way and win an elimination. But I don't think they're getting past semi-final week. So sorry, Pies fans, you're up and about, but it is hard to give them credit. I just go on percentage—that is just the clear indicator. And you know, they they could get whacked by by Sydney by eight goals, and all of a sudden their percentage will be under a hundred and and they're sitting in the top half of or the top four top five so yeah I'm with you on that was a brilliant analogy they are they, they've got to pay that bill sooner rather than later but look they keep winning so they keep surprising confidence is massive so they're riding that um, the other half in this game and I don't know what you thought about this but I loved Ed Langdon's comments pre-game now he's probably been you know, spoken to by the D's and their media department's got in his ear and all of that. And I've got to say though, I, I loved it. it. It actually added something to that spectacle. And you know, maybe Collingwood used it. Maybe you know, well, we saw in that opening minute that they you know got in with that big tackle and and just let him know. But it just added to our game and it was it it, it gave it a little bit of pop. And we we need that in the game. You know, the the, the media will jump all over it and and they. Probably did over the weekend, but um, I, I thought it was healthy for the game and I, I want to see more of it, you know. Most of the time they do walk the walk, but he's been humbled, uh, Langdon. So <laughs> look, a lesson there, but I, I hope to see it again. Just uh, barbing teams. Coaches do it, but we don't see it from the players enough. So I did enjoy that.
0: Oh, I thought it was great. And I think you said what we all f- were thinking. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're great when things go their way, but when it doesn't, Like, they're gettable. They just haven't really played any teams who have been able to get them. Um, So I thought it was great. Yeah, he'll be smashed from pillar to post, and we'll take another 10 years to see someone else come out (laughs) and and give us something. But, um, you know, if there's a young player who's really good and not afraid to speak his mind, there's a real chance to grow a a following, and like a cult following.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd be encouraging it if I was a young player. But um, are you worried about the D's premiership credentials?
1: Um, it's, it's hard because look, they've, they've, look, I love, love them all year, the D's. I mean,
0: have you, you know, though? You've just been sort well, of building them up to set them up to fail, haven't you?
1: Well, I might've built them up yeah to set them up to fail, but I have, I, you know, I was on that, uh, that wagon from our good mate Chem that they were going to go undefeated. So I probably drank too much of that, thought they were that team. Now they're just basically, you know, it's is it motivation with them? I mean, they just want to get to September as quick as they can. I don't think they're fussed about these games. We saw, you know, the week before they turned it on against Freo just to make sure that they're going to come top four. The Pies have some sort of weird spell over them. So this was a bit of an aberration. Um you know, I think they're just waiting. They're just biding their time. They've been average basically for the last two months. Like that, what did they win their first nine or ten? And since then, they have been decidedly average. The D. So,
0: yeah, they also have a ten-game winning streak, but it didn't come right now. So we're not talking about it. But exactly, it's ten so. wins like yeah. Collingwood's eleven. What's the big difference? You know,
1: you just have to look at this game. You know, Petraka, Oliver, Gorn. You know, I know they didn't win with them having huge games, but, I mean, if they're going to have big finals, you'd think there'd be others that would come with. So, um, yeah, look, I'm still bullish on the D, Seb, Not quite the undefeated, but, look, they'll... I mean, they're, they're a danger, actually, of slipping out of the top four, but I think they can uh, consolidate that and, I guess... I mean there's a top there's a top 2 spots still up for grabs so if they can get that then they're well on the way and even look if they came 3rd or 4th then you know I think they're still going to be a real danger so now I'm not not too worried about the D's um well I mean if they lose the count this week I will be but I'm uh, I'm I'm going to just hold on that for now uh and give them an out because they haven't really given a hoot this back half of the year
0: Yeah yeah I, I I'm the same um do want to see their form pick up but they've got credits in the bank uh, just based on last year, that we know they, when they can play their best, they are the best. It's a question of being able to put it all together, and obviously, I, like ultimately, it, it, does it come back to coaching?
1: Yeah, well, you'd have to say, and I know you'd love line's to not say functioning.
0: this. Functioning like that's they're struggling to get goal, although they still kick thirteen on the weekend. Um, they're just not. I don't know, there's this selfish Bailey Fritch mentality that seems to be coming in. And I think think the media is running with it as an excuse. I saw a photo of Fox Footy slowed the game down and hit pause and said, is it the selfish demons? And um, Pickett was running into a goal from 35 out, no pressure. And he had three demons to his right. And I'm like, yeah, but he's going to kick the goal from there, isn't he? Like, he should just kick the goal as a forward. No pressure, 35 out directly in front. So... I don't really buy into that selfish demons thing. They just like if they can't get it together and and are struggling to score, um, you'd have to question like they're going to need to sort of shake it up next year and and do something a bit different.
1: Yeah, well, like uh, you won't want to hear this because it involves Ben Brown, but well, you might want to hear this because he hasn't he's he's had a down year, he's had a poor year, but. Like we saw last year, he wasn't, you know, super flash last year, but got it together in finals and was a three, four goal forward for most of the finals. If he can do that again, they're going to be dangerous. Not sure if they can get Tom McDonald back. He actually... Uh, I don't he, uh, think so from what I've heard. Yeah. So that, he's, that hurts. List, Liz Franks? Yeah, Liz Frank. Uh, what's that in the foot, that one? So, yeah, that that's tough to come back from. So, look, he, you know, he's one of those role players, but he, uh, he, he just adds a another key position target for them so i mean the weed he's been out of form i think he had one kick last week and got dropped so yeah, he's not
0: having an impact come finals time the yeah weed.
1: so yeah it's basically on benny brown's shoulders because you know Fritsch will kick he's kicked a goal in every game this year but if you're going to rely on Fritsch and pick it to to kick you know what five or six and win you a final that's dangerous stuff so we'll see um geez we've loved this game off the top uh it was a ripper uh grade wise i'm gonna fail the d's and give the pies a hd yep i'm with
0: you on those grades i'm with you i I thought melbourne would get them get some revenge for the queen's birthday but they did not um blink and you'll miss it there was an early game saturday hawthorne hosting tassie down in Hosting Tassie, hosting the yeah. Suns down Good in Tassie.
1: Day. Should it be that?
0: Um, Hawthorne have had a, a, a famous win, a name-a-game win, and uh, worse in their <laughs> draft position in a year where they desperately need a high pick. Well done, Hawks. Um,
1: well, look, I didn't get to get you uh, with this a couple of weeks ago, but you did say that North would beat Hawthorne. You you put your you put your neck out for that one and, and said the better team will win, and they did get you. So have you gone too hard on the Hawks? They've what, won eight, seven or eight games this year. Have they have they done enough in your eyes to show that they've got a future? Is there something there for the Hawks fans as we whiz through this one? Gunston kicked five, by the way. Took yeah, all, it was quiet. That's all I can say. Every
0: time they win, it's his thirty-year-old, thirty-one-year-old named Gunston kicking bags. That that's my point about the Hawks. It's their older players who are doing all the heavy lifting to get them eight wins.
1: So it's unsustainable, you're saying. So they, they, that are they coming to a cliff because those blokes? What? How long has Gunston got left? Two, one, two.
0: Or oh, you can have threes. They're not going anywhere. Um,
1: no, I, I just,
0: I just don't see the young talent coming through to, to impact it. They've, they've, they've got some, but not enough. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't hate the Hawks, despite what it may <laughs> seem. Um, I just don't see where they're going and where they're putting it all together. Um, ah, their, their old coach is going to be loving life in, in blue and white. I can tell you that much.
1: Oh, how long are we into this podcast before that comes up? We'll save it for the early Sunday game. Um, for the Suns, disappointing for them. I mean, the
0: contract is due too early, haven't they? Well, as much as I was an advocate for it, he yeah, didn't Flip, need
1: to do it so early. Well, you know, they, it's a, a rare piece of stability from them, so you've got to give them a pat on the back for that. But it is probably the wrong year to. Do that when you've got Clarko in the wings, but they obviously thought they couldn't get him, so they weren't getting him. Yeah, they've locked it in. Um, Look, Tooke Miller was quiet for the Suns. Uh, Look, it was disappointing for them. I mean, they've had game. I mean, one side it's impressive that they went down to Tassie and were competitive, but then they've also played the Hawks, who aren't a top eight side. Um, You know, these are the kind of games if they wanted to. You know, they're still in that. Finals conversation just because of mathematics, but you know there've been too many of these games that you know we might have penciled in when we did our predictive ladder some weeks ago. Seb and we we're like, no, nah, no, nah, the Suns will win this one. We probably had a little bit too much faith in them, but look, they've had a good year by their stand; they've had the best year ever by their standards. So, look, we'll leave it at that. Uh, this game, I'll I'll give the Hawks a pass and I'll fail the Suns. Yeah, oh, yeah,
0: double pass maybe. Um, the Suns are just, like, this is their ladder fi- finishing positions, Tom. 17th, you know, 17 team comp. 17th, 14th, 12th, 16th, 15th, 17th, 17th, 18th, 16th, 14th, and they're now 11th. This will be their highest finish still.
1: Sorry. Yeah, so this is their best ever season. They've been
0: consistently terrible for, what's this, The 12th year in the comp. Um, I hope they put it together. I just... I mean, Ben King helps. I think Stuart did a lot of things right, but then they, instead of falling off after round five, they seem to have fallen off after around sort of, what, 17? I mean, they've been 11th or 12th since round nine. They've yeah. not been higher than that, so
1: it's a real niche. So they're not in that bottom six group, but they're nowhere near the top tens quality. So they're literally Oof. being in that little wedge that Port Adelaide's in too. So
0: yeah, it's um, not a great place to
1: be, we have to say. But um, for them, it might be. But yeah, what do you what do you grade this one?
0: Oh, the uh, I pass and fail.
1: Yeah, I pass and fail. Yeah, or uh, well, we can whiz through the other Saturday game, which is probably also blink and you miss it. The Giants at Giant Stadium playing uh, Essendon. Uh, you know, I guess the Dons have put some wins on in this back half of the year. Uh, some might argue that's been, you know, your sort of dead rubber wins when the pressure's off. Uh, the Giants have been a roller coaster. They're sitting 16th, which with their list is just shocking. Um, you know, it's cost them a coach and. I think a uh, big spike came out last week and blasted most of the list. So yeah, there's, there's problems worrying there. Worrying but...
0: signs. If the caretaker coach is blasting you as always lost, like he's trying to get a message through the playing group, worrying times.
1: Yeah. Well, look, he, he's probably at peace with the, the fact that he won't be there next year. Um, well, I mean, he he's probably an option for them. But yeah, basically. So he took half of uh, the Bombers Hall of Famers with him. Um, Look, they got it together this game. Uh I feel like the Giants match up well against essen and I, I I think they've just one of those teams that just knows how you know, just line by line, they can just outdo them on most most fronts. So um I did see a headline, Jesse Hugan uh Jesse Hogan, sorry, uh had kicked a huge bag. And I was like, Oh, okay, this will be what, six or seven? He kicked four. So think there might be a little media polishing on what a huge bag is i know in this today's modern footy it's probably about five maybe six but i don't think four deserves the term huge he did take 12 grabs so he was massive uh at the other end harry jones who's been in headlines for shots at goal and and you know his development last week he was probably good against the ruseb uh but he had a shocker he only had three so taylor the two forwards at the other end but Look, they got the job done. The Giants, I'll pass them for that, and I'll fail the Dons.
0: Yeah, yeah, those those grades are fair. I mean, the Giants improving their draft position when they don't need to, but they're a bit of a, a bit of a development hub for the rest of the clubs, aren't they? Carlton <laughs> like to go it's there. Right. There's yeah. I look, they're in salary cap hell, and they're finishing 16th. It's not a great spot to be in if you're a Giants fan.
1: If, yeah, they just find they look. They've done it better than the Suns, but they just find a way to just stay in the draft top 10. I think they've probably had a pick in there if their entire existence. So, yeah, it, early on, it was probably because, you know, they had that big group of youngsters and I'm talking the 2016, 17, you know, when they were making prelims in that era. They, that was probably their peak. I know they made a granny in 2019, but it was a different side, but they haven't really you know, they've got to keep some of these picks. We say it about the Suns as well. You've just got to keep them. But if there's salary cap pressure and there's going to be an exodus, well, they could be, you know, stuck in that hell of bottom four for, you know, five plus years. It can be tough to get out of there sometimes.
0: Yeah, but they've probably got the talent behind them. We just don't know who they are yet.
1: Well, yeah, that that's the other thing. So, yeah, it's look, it's a mess. It's, it's, it's not simple with them. Uh, it, it could go, uh, you know, a number of different ways, south or north, we're going to wait and see. But anyway, they got the job done here. What, do you, what did you uh, think? Sorry for the grade. Did I catch your grade?
0: Uh, pass and fail. I pass think. and fail. That's it. I, I didn't give it. Haven't given these two games a whole lot of thought. Yeah, them. they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're <laughs> really more shaping draft position, not uh, not the finals. But um, yeah, I don't know what to make of Essendon. I've, I've, I'm not. I'm not giving them any credit for anything ever again. Until they really do something.
1: And when you say do something, like, what are you talking? Because, you know... Win win a final. Yeah, there it is. Like,
0: bought into the hype over the off-season after their 11 wins last year. That came back to bite me, so never again.
1: (laughs) There it is. Well, look, look, having a look at eighth spot this year, whoever falls eighth, it's probably what we're talking Richmond, Saints, Bulldogs, Carlton, you do not want to just buy your own hype that you finish eighth and made finals. You do not want to do that, uh, which could be a danger for that team because I don't think they're making an impact in that first week of the finals. That's just me. Uh down at uh Eddie Had Marvel Telstra Dome Colonial, uh we saw I'm going back retro because the dogs went retro this week and had the uh the old I think they call it the Robo Dog uh logo on their jumpers basically copying Freo, who did the retro thing the week before and, and did it really well. I don't know if you jumped on their uh, page. I know you like Freo said, their Insta page, but they smashed that retro week uh,
0: well, with you what know, they put
1: out on the socials. You know the stat about that
0: jumper, and um am we'll going give a shout out here. The, uh, I was about to say the late great, but he's certainly not dead because he's still playing AFL footy. Um, the great David Mundy's announced his retirement. That was the only one of all of Fremantle's jerseys they played in, he was yet to wear. So now he's played in every single one. Across that, his is 370. Odd.
1: that is That is a brilliant stat because I did find it funny. For, yeah, I'm patting them on the back for that retro round, but it is funny that it was that jumper that got the good treatment because it has been pillared from yeah post to post that that 3D anchor. It's, it's up there with the worst jumpers ever, but they somehow span it in a way that it became a retro classic. Uh they wore it against Melbourne who are frighteningly similar in colour. And you know what I think about jumper clashes. Probably would have looked better playing the dogs this week. Uh, you know, in their retro jumper. But I'm digressing, Seth, because this was a, a finals on the line game and I'm talking about the jumpers. Um your man Mundy, he stood up in this game. <laughs> he was unbelievable and I reckon he could go on another year. To be fair, given what he's putting out there, he he was he was almost best on in this game, Seb.
0: but uh, he he he's he's had a good year. I think he'll keep playing well. I mean, he's an experienced, he's a veteran. I, I think his body's just getting a little bit old, a little bit sorer after each week. A little bit more recovery needs to go in. Um, he's had a hell of a career. Um, Three hundred and seventy from out west is. You know the the amount of kilometers travelled is is more than anyone ever. Um, so full credit to him. He, he was pretty good, but the, I think when Fremantle are on and they're playing well, they've got a host of contributors, not just Monday or Fife as it potentially was last time they were looking at finals. Um, you know you've got Sarong, you've got Brayshaw, O'Driscoll being one of the better steak knife pickups. Um. You know, you've got your back, your sort of your um, Lukey Ryan, Griffin Lowe, Pierce. You know, there's contributors everywhere. Uh, Marvel sort of suits them, playing under the roof. You well, sort yeah, I was going to say. Some dry weather, but um, they're, they're locked in to play finals. Their first final game since uh, the prelim in 2015. Um, if results can go their way, they're playing West Coast and who they got in the last round, Tom? Question without notice.
1: Uh, yeah. The Giants. giants. you think they win That's both right. of them. Over in Manica, that one. Um, yeah, You'd you think would. they
0: win both and they're going to finish third playing the Ds who are not travelling
1: well. Well, I mean, yeah, like we said earlier, that second spot is up for grabs. So, I mean, if they can, you know... Add some percentage, and you know, I think there's a fair clump in that one mid-120s well, if the they can percentage push them-
0: is not percentage is not for them. They have the draw
1: against Richmond. Oh, of course. No, you've called me out there. No, so they don't need to worry about that. But there's still a top two spot up for grabs. Uh, and if they can get a home final against the D's, you'd, you'd obviously rather that. So <laughs> um, it's definitely all to play for. I'm, I'm just impressed with their maturity this year because I think this is actually... It's not quite a record, but it's a it's a fremantle record in that they've won what six and a half games uh interstate or away from from WA, which is a, a club record. So that that just shows maturity because, you know, that we say that about the good WA teams. They win basically most, if not all, of their WA games, and then, you know, can be hit and miss away, but they're really showing that they can play once they get on a plane, which we weren't saying about the Dockers last year. So that's massive for them. Um, no,
0: and they've dropped a couple at home, which would all but seal them a top, yeah. top two spot if they had a won them. But um, Exactly. So look, that's that all bodes right. well it's for the future, view. I
1: think, doesn't it? Uh, if they can mature and, you know, they'll nail those home games that they should win and then they can just have uh, break even away and they've got, what, 15, 16 wins. That's top four. Um, I want to sink the boots into the Dogs. This was... You know, the top eight spot on the line, Freo not flying, out of form, out of touch, coming into state. Uh, you know, yeah, they did build up this retro round. Sam Darcy got a debut, so there were club greats uh, floating around the building. Um, and they just really didn't give a yelp. Freo just jumped them and away they went and and it was just chasing their tail, to use a nice pun, Uh for that one so yeah, oh, hugely... yeah.
0: So bring on the dad jokes now tom yeah yeah, yeah. gotta polish out,
1: up man. on those dad jokes so i'm happy with that early um yeah but the, you know th- this was a chance look it wasn't you know it wasn't a cert but it was going in their favor to get the job done and and they failed to rise to the occasion which i mean a lot of teams are doing in that 8 to 10th spot at the mo- well 8 to 12th really. So. No one really wants that eighth spot, and the dogs put in their claim to uh, to leave it be. And, uh, yeah, they they were, yeah, just disappointing. Dunkley, he had a good game. He's unsigned. Um, he's one to look out for if you're looking around. I know Essendon looked at him a couple of years ago. Um, but, yeah, I, I, they blown a chance. Because, you know, they showed last week against the Cats, the dogs, that, you know, they, they can play some good footy. They just can't do it for four quarters week in, week out. And that's... The disappointing thing when you've got, yeah, you know, your Darcy's, eugle Norton's, and that midfield, they've got some names and they've got some potential, but we're not really seeing it. So maybe that's on coaching, said. Maybe that's on Bevo.
0: Yeah, we don't well,
1: criticise him too much, to be fair.
0: Well, you don't want to in the media. He, <laughs> yeah, he's true. a prickly character. Um, well, I think I think the dogs issue is actually more their list build. I mean, their forwards are Norton. Josh Bruce, who... Full credit to him for getting to 150 games, but he's not a A grade, B grade, elite talent sort of setup. Um, Jamaras had one or two good games in his career. Who, no doubt, he'll he'll get somewhere. But um, you know, for a team coming off a grand final appearance, there, uh, there's no balance to the list. There's too many mids. They should not be. Uh, they shouldn't be worried about trying to keep Dunkley. They should be going shopping with him. Like, yeah, what that's can not we get? Bad, like, we we okay. need defender. We absolutely should have gone and brought in like a Robbie Tarrant. Um, well, they, they're trying to get uh, Rory Lob. I right hear is 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 going to be the the missing piece coming back. Um, like you, you look at the D's and people are critical of them for dropping off, and you know they're the reigning premiers. They're really good. They're playing like this. They're no good. You know they're they're terrible. The Dogs were leading in that third quarter, and now the Dogs need to win out and hope Carlton lose out. To make the eight, yeah, exactly. That's they were the, leading the grand final at three quarter time, but not at three quarter time in the third quarter. They were ahead after Bond kicked his third. Um, that's a fall from grace. Um, yeah, I, I question the way their list is put together. Too many mids. Handball here, handball there. Throw it here, throw it there, kick it there, kick it here. Empty stat, empty stat. McRae's had another thirty, but we're outside the eight. Like you know, go dogs. Woo. <laughs>
1: oh that was look I thought I was going to sink the boots into the dogs you've done it you've done it magnificently there I'm with you though yeah they've they're defensive uh back six yeah you sort of mentioned your Pierce Logue uh Ryan you know there's some class there and Ryan and and, you know Pierce and and Logue you know I wouldn't say journeyman they're probably better than that but they're just yeah sort of you know, nuggety back pocket types that are getting the job done. I know they're key position, but they're getting the job done. And with minimal fanfare, um, the dogs are just like a rung down from that, like Gardner. And, uh, I don't think Cordy's been back there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, there's one other, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, you will know Keith. Nah, there's another one down there. Uh, he looks the same as Gardner. That's how anonymous they are to me down there. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Um, not, not Fletcher Roberts. Um, yeah, but it, it's nondescript back there. And, and yeah, it's the defense that, you, like you say, I mean, they've got the, the talent up forward and certainly talent in the mid, but they just need to cash in somewhere and get some, some pillars, maybe someone younger than Robbie Tarrant. But um, I'm with you on that list, Bill. So grade-wise, you've got to give the Dockers a HD for this one. Um, and I might I'll fail the Dogs. Could have almost well, sent them to the coordinator, but I failed them.
0: I'm giving the Dockers the distinction just because they are a top four material. So, yeah. If I come to expect them to win these games, uh fail for the Dogs. But if Seasons... Like, yeah, they could sneak into the eight, but Seasons done, isn't it? They're not, they're not having an impact from eighth. Although we said probably said that in 16. Um, yeah, when we they, probably would have. When they lost to Freo in the last round and then went over and beat Perth in the elimination. Um, but, yeah, uh, they're... I think their list, the way they're put together is just just way out of whack. Uh, doubleheader, Saturday night. No one's been complaining about games on at the same time recently, although that was, that was a big point of contention at one point. No, we've forgotten about that issue. We've moved on to others.
1: Um, yeah, well, yeah, Saturday night, I guess, you know, we're we're used to it. We've adjusted. Maybe Fridays will go the same, set.
0: Well, yeah, no, Friday was the end of the world, but Saturday, it's okay. I, d- I don't understand why one's okay and one's not. But we digress. Geelong, too good for your boys, the Saints. Um, I'll speak
1: first. Go for it, mate. I love it when you go first on the Saints games.
0: Uh, Didn't expect the Saints to win. Thought you might get a bit closer. Geelong at home. Um, At Marvel, Saints are a different outfit, especially against the Cats Um, at home. Just didn't expect it. And Well, the Cats are building for a flag. The Saints are trying to put it all together to get themselves into the eight and stay there and then finish there in consecutive years sort of thing. Um, chalk and cheese, it's not a bad loss for the Saints by any means, but it, it's, it this is sort of what I would have expected if you told me these two were playing a month ago in this round.
1: That is completely fair. I, I mean, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, we, we, gave, we gave a yelp late in that second quarter and probably had it on our terms. We sort of got it back from almost four goals to within a kick, but, you know, to end the first quarter, Mitch Duncan kicks one on the siren, then to end, you know, a quarter where we'd worked our way back in the game in the second to uh, concede, I think it was a Stengel goal with two seconds left, you know, that, that that's red time goals and that's immaturity. And, you know, there's two goals there that you should just shut down and stop, and we were two goals down at halftime. And then what happens? The cats kick the first two and all of a sudden it's a four goal game and the heads drop. Um it hurts because the cats were on demand in this one, Seb. If uh you can just throw that into the mix. So no Selwood, no danger field, no blick saves. Um There's some handy names out uh, and we we just couldn't even get within eight goals. So, yeah, disappointing. Look, I I didn't think we would go down there and win. We've got a shocking record down there and we all know that, uh, you know, Geelong do what they do. They've got a a beautiful situation set up there. They've got the, the benefit of being a Melbourne team and getting all the games at the G and Marvel under their belt and being experienced in Victoria, but then they've also got their own home ground and get the perks of being an interstate team with a venue that the comp doesn't know. So they cash in and they get their wins and and this was another one and they'll they'll love beating West Coast uh, in that last week. But yeah, they've locked up top spot and they might, they're might they the team to beat now for me, Seb. It would be a colossal failure if they didn't get the job done from here, given what we've seen, given their... We talked about the dogs lacking, but the Cats, I don't think they lack anywhere. Maybe not even the ruck anymore. Reece Stanley was pretty solid on the weekend. I'm not saying he's a star, but maybe he's more than that, I guess, flaky character we're used to. Maybe he might have that game that we're expecting him to do where he kicks three and has 20. Might be coming up. So who knows? They're playing on confidence at the moment, Cats, and you can't argue with the performance. Um I can keep quiet on the Saints, even though I haven't been talking about them for a whole month. I think the last time we spoke, we beat Carlton. But since then, it's, well, a we, couple of wins, couple of losses, wild inconsistency. We're just, we can play a good quarter, maybe a good half, but we are not playing four quarters. So I don't really think we deserve to be in the finals. Uh, if we get there, well, it'll be a fair miracle and I might change my tune. I'll probably be dancing in the aisles like you mentioned, Seb. But... We do we are ninth, which is the smack bang average middle of the competition, and that's probably about fair for where we're at. We're not elite, we're not bad, we're average. Yep. I
0: cannot argue with that summation, Tom. Uh Stan is he's, he's out now.
1: Uh yeah, he's out, jeez. Yeah, uh, look out. he he was good against he was great against the Hawks. He was so good you're almost like, Oh geez, you know, could we give him another year? But he he has the talent to play AFL, but his body can't go. He just can't. He can't sustain it for a pre-season and then a full season. What has he played? Seventeen out of eighty something. It's just no. It he's just not AFL in AFL shape. Like I am not. You know, you say that, and it sounds like he's got kilos, but he's just body lets him down at this elite level. So, I think uh, it's coaching for Dan, and that'd be good because we do lift when he gets involved. So, I think he's got a future in coaching. Um. yeah, we, we look, you talk about list builds. We need to find uh, key forwards and key backs. They're not uh, something that grows on trees and we need to find more midfield class. So there's work to be done all over. Maybe I'll save this for the end of year review, Seb. You're not talking and cutting me in so I can keep going, but I should stop because, uh, yeah, there's plenty to work on for the Saints, but uh, this was probably to script this result. So a double pass.
0: Yeah, okay. I'd still – yeah, I'll double pass too. Um, just for the record, the Cats win a higher percentage of their games without Selwood since he's yeah, been no, in the I the team. Like I it's it's an that. outrageous stat, but that's that's factually correct. Um, yeah, it's look, the Cats have done everything right, as they always do, to set themselves up to have a big final series. I think this team feels a little bit different than the ones of the past five years in that I feel like a little bit more belief – and that they can go all the way and win finals. But that's why we turn up that week one of September to see who wins, because anything can happen once the ball's bounced. Um,
1: that's it. I mean, yeah. they might get the pies in fourth week one, and they'll they'll win that by plenty. And and then, you know, they might get a Brisbane or Freo or Sydney or someone inexperienced. They, I think they're yeah, it'd be a colossal failure for them not to win from here, Seb, given, yeah. I mean, we're not hearing too many Geelong or old jokes at the moment because they're flying, but, We'll see how, you know, Selwood and Danger needing a rest at this point of the year. You know, they're, they're thinking of it. So this is all in. All the chips are in for the Cats. Uh, and right now they're cashing in on a few early hands, but it's uh, the high roller table of September that we'll see them really uh, see what happens there. Yeah, right.
0: Um, I think we're going to have to play around with these later predictors. I think it's really hard for Collingwood to finish fourth.
1: Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. I, I think might...
0: it's second and third. Or
1: fifth or sixth. Oh, there you go. I will, to the 12 rows back uh, listeners out there, ha- have a crack and see if you can get it. Send it through. If you can do it, we'll put it uh, We'll put it on the socials. How's that?
0: Yeah, I've actually done a ladder predictor and I've got Collingwood playing Richmond in an elimination in the first week of the finals.
1: Jeez, that'd be magnificent.
0: That'd be big. Geelong, Sydney. I don't know where they play that. Brisbane, Carlton. I've got Carlton saying in there. I think they'll beat Collingwood. Um, We digress. There was another game at Adelaide Oval across the uh, the interstate. Uh, Port Adelaide playing Richmond. Richmond winning, keeping their dream, their finals dream alive. Um, I just want to be on the record as saying anyone saying they're a premiership threat because they've won flags recently is (laughs) kidding themselves.
1: Well, there is one who keeps chalking that up in the media. His name's Damien Barrett, who has a full-on love affair with the Tigers. He's been talking them up all year.
0: Yeah, well, I saw North beat them, so I can't <laughs> see them winning the flag. Yeah. But um, look, they they looked after. Cotchen's had a sling tackles, slung Ollie, pinned Ollie, winds his left arm, throwing his head into the ground. Uh, didn't even no case to answer for. I've seen plenty of them that have gone the other way, but he smashed one of the hardest heads in footy. Um, <laughs> they've got a real chances, discipline problem the Tigers having given away the most 50 metre penalties they've had a a good win here I mean to win by 38 points on the road you'd you sign up for that in a heartbeat but what a port playing for not playing what, what, for yeah, not well, playing that is the finals they're not, they're not losing to get a better draft pick they're not putting bikes in for surgery they're not playing for Kenny Hinkley he's been there forever and a day they're just they're just they're there they're going to have to play two games to help the AFL fill its uh, contractual obligations to broadcast nine games. And that's about all they're there for at the minute, Port Adelaide.
1: Well, that's that's classic. Uh, what was the category we had earlier this year? They're in no man's land. Yep. They're in that little wedge with the Suns, 11th and 12th. And yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. They're playing games out just to play games out. This is, you know, when Gil does his Brownlow votes, this is probably the game he's going to whip through and record pace to get to. I don't think there's any contenders on either team. So he'll whip through this one first to get to, uh, you know, his juicier ones later on, maybe a Brayshaw uh, for that Freo game. But um, yeah, look, it was shocking. I mean, shocking the power. There's another pun. Um, this was terrible. I, I did think they were a chance. I, I know like it's, you know, when you're in the realm of mathematics, you know, the finals are really probably out of reach when you're saying that. I don't know how many teams that have said the mathematical have actually made it, but um, I thought the power to give more of a yelp than this. They they could on their day be more than a pesky team for a finals contender. So this had, you know, power winning at home and, and ruining Richmond's year all over it and To go down by almost 40 points on your home deck, I mean, I think Kenny has to go, Seb. I'm not in the realm of uh, going for coaches like yourself, but I think he's done all he can do, got everything out. I mean, he's made, what, three, four prelims in his time there? Um, And he he just had too many, I guess. He just, you know, similar to probably your ruse of the uh, mid-2010s, just probably needed another out-and-out star, uh, just to push them over the edge. I mean, they were good enough to really, I mean, you know, a kick away from a granny in 2020, but, um, you know, those, those prelims is probably about as good as he could have got out of them, to be fair. So uh, I think they could, you know, like we said with the Giants, they could do with a new voice in there, some new ideas. I mean, they've got got some talent, but we're just not seeing it from from Kenny. And, you know, this it's a long season and for some teams it can get real long. Um, they were pretty cooked after zero and five. So, I think we all thought they'd get it together at some stage. But you've really got to be—I mean, what was it? Only Sydney in what 2017 that did it? it. It just doesn't happen. So, yeah, they can't wait for Mad Monday, these boys, and they'll play the last two games, and and we'll move on from them. But they were incredibly disappointing on this Saturday night.
0: Yep, yep. I'm, um, I'm. Yeah, well, I'm with you, Kenny's. They can't keep him on. It's a question of who's coming in and when you do it and timing. Um, oh, yeah, I'll probably double pass. I'm tempted to give Richmond a... Oh, sorry. No, fail the power. Pass yep. the Tigers. Um, tempted to give the Tigers a better grade for winning on the road, but don't like them, so I won't.
1: <laughs> I might join you in that pass and fail. Um, I'm happy to give that. Quick question for you. We saw Shia Bolton kick four goals, five. Now I'm not saying he's replaced Dusty, but has he covered for Dusty given his form? No, you know,
0: he's just he's a front runner.
1: So yeah, so you he's not. I'm not saying he's a new Dusty, but you he's what of the downhill variety.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He just he, he knows how to. When the teams are going, teams are going really well. There's always a bloke who knows how to sneak forward and get out of the the play and. It's a 50-50 ball. He probably shouldn't do it, but he's going to back his mids to win it and, and get it forward. And this guy just knows how to do it. He looks electrifying and, and does so many great things with the ball, but um, just think yeah. he gets massively beat up as as his world beater when he's cheating all the time.
1: So you're saying, I mean, you're also saying that Dusty doesn't do that or doesn't do it as much.
0: Uh, did you watch the 2020 grand final, Top?
1: No, I did. He put that team on his back and said come yeah. with me for the cats fans out there. We got on to it.
0: One. It was going well and he just turned that game. Um he's it, Dusty's a different stratosphere to Shy Bolton. Not the Bolton. Oh, no, no, so I'm,
1: I'm not saying he's You're better than Shire. Roles. I'm saying just like you know Dusty's out and they Richmond need you know a player to have that impact on a game or you know kick your three and have 25.
0: Nah. He is doing that to a degree. But, yeah, he's playing 83% of his touches are in the forward half. He's playing effectively in the forward 50. So they, 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 dusty shifted more down forward sort of in the last few years, but he's still a midfielder. shy's not going through the midfield at all. Um, no, I, I can see the comparison, but I, yeah, I just think he's just blowing hot air up his backside sometimes. (laughs) He's just uh, 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 just cheats and gets him out the back and gets some easy ones Um, for mine.
1: No, no, fair. Four goals, five. I mean, there's plenty of uh, opportunities. But look, just in case it wasn't clear, Dusty is an out-and-out legend. He'll go down in the Hall of Fame, probably as a legend uh, given what we've seen. So I'm not saying Bolton's a better player than him by any stretch, just talking about impact for Richmond. But let's get uh, to the Sunday game, Seb, because I know your team got done, but you're probably pretty bullish about the form of a, a young forward for you. And his name's Nick Larky. He's kick seven uh, and is now the only player to kick seven or more uh, with his team sitting 18th on the ladder. Uh, he's done it twice, which is a record. No there's a few players that have done it once, but he's kicked seven as uh, as a, you know a team sitting 18th. So you'll you'll take a little record there. Um, and,
0: and the only player to also doing them both at Marvel.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the records are tumbling there, Seb. Uh, what did you think of this game?
0: Uh, well, it was great. It was our 96 premiership reunion. 25 years on, well, 26 years on because we had COVID last year. Um, so that was good, reliving the glory days of the 90s.
1: Yeah, well, I was surprised, given all the retro stuff we've seen, you didn't pull out the old uh, classic kangaroo on the front. Or didn't you, you had a, a, was it a gold jumper a couple of years ago? Right, you had a gold stripe in there for the...
0: Oh, we had gold hems on the... Yeah, that was the, it. ...the sleeves, or where the sleeves would be. Um, no, well, the club did a bit of a celebration. You've got to do it when you've got the wins. Um, I think that was in reference to the only gold Premiership Cup, which they brought out again. Uh, I think about 17 of the Premiership... Teammates got together. Um, very small handful missing, but that's all right. Um, and uh, North played well in this game. Sydney capitalized a little bit more. The, the biggest thing I see when North play is we don't know how to we don't know how to convert good positive ball moving it from back to forward half into a shot on goal. We just blaze away, or we can't hit targets, and we we just turn it over. Whereas Sydney were able to get it forward, convert it into a shot on goal, and miss the goal. And so that's why it was sort of level for a little bit, but Sydney ended up pulling away. Uh, There are a few glaring errors. Um, You say Nick Larkey's great, and by all means he is, but Luke Davies, Uniac's having a year. Um, Oh, especially in this back half of the year, hasn't
1: he? he? just lifted. Yeah,
0: Yeah, which I've always had some belief in him and his ability, and he was a little bit down last year. His old man passed away and that just just rocked him he's 22 like completely understand that um and yeah Curtis Taylor's our big improver Sydney were good got the job done Lance has kicked four goals three um Chad Warner's kicked three Tommy Papley I reckon Carlton could use him he's kicked three um Sydney too good it's not like this one went to script if if I'm being honest um, what do we lose by 38? It was our best, um, six goal plus loss I've ever seen this year. You know, like, despite <laughs> exactly. the fact the margin got out, it was at 50 points at one stage, it was the best we played to only be losing by that much. Um, then Sydney, they're marching on, they're, they're really in a chance for a top four spot, probably should have got themselves more percentage. Um, but that's, that's looking at it as a north are terrible, and we seem to have just. We're not so terrible now that uh, Patch Adams is coaching. Um, Probably the biggest, the two big stories out of these two clubs on this day was at the VFL at Arden Street. Um, Poor old Josh Kennedy, our mate. Um, He's (laughs) pretty Sammy. He's seriously looking like it might be career over um, because he was obviously sort of borderline on the team. Medi sub last week didn't play. Um, And Ben Cunnington played his first game in over a year. Um, of any sort of football which was great to see after overcoming his his battle with cancer so there are some sort of nice stories in a game that was effectively a dead rubber for one and and you know just a just a Sydney just had to turn up a win and they did that so um, full credit to them you double passed
1: yeah I think that's fair um I mean, yeah, lucky he got off the chain and kicked seven. On the other side of that, the McCartan brothers to have what I think it was only three marks between them. That's a down game for them. So uh, I don't know if it was a Roo shutting them down or or just a, they were out of touch. But they'll be better for the run with that one. I'm with you, Sydney miss percentage. Uh, I was looking at it at the time, but live laddering as I do, Seb. Uh, they were they were catching Melbourne in terms of percentage, and and those last couple of goals have, have been the difference. So. I mean, they're in a position now where yeah, they've locked in final, so it is you can criticize them for not hunting the percentage. Um, you know, they could have I mean they're they're in that running for that top two spot and uh to get depending on the team you get, having a home final in Sydney, uh, that's gonna be massive for them. Um like you said though, went to script this one. Uh we move on. I'll I'll double pass it with you. Yep.
0: Um, just before we move off this, there's reports about Carey and Stevens getting into it outside a pub.
1: Yeah, so, um, what happened there? I I haven't got to be well, honest, I haven't been looking in too much at the uh that side of footy, but um, oh, I just want to jump into it quickly.
0: From the initial report, there was oh, what was the term? Sammy Edmund used it, old mate Sammy Edmund. He's really good at this. Uh, and oh, the terms changed from what I first saw. It's now an ugly altercation. Um, but it was a, a blow up was the initial term. Um they apparently have words outside the pub. What didn't seem to get reported was they went inside the pub and had a beer together all together. So
1: Yeah, well that, people that does, are, that's the People hard. are
0: actively um counter not disproving. Um effectively saying whatever these reporters are saying is true. They're saying the exact not the exact opposite, just a completely different version of events. Um which just goes to show you sort of can't believe what you read all the time. But What um,
1: paper is Sammy Edmund from?
0: He's from the the,
1: the Sunday Herald Sun. Yeah, they're they're not used to sensationalist journalism these days, Uh, are they, and the Herald Sun? No, between
0: that and SEM with Hutchie, (laughs) he knows how to put a little bit on. Um, But yeah, yeah, nothing to it. And uh, yeah. Not, not, not newsworthy. Anyway, this time of year when we've got so many good finals matchups, um, we had a top eight clash going yep. on over at, uh, at the Gabba tire, Brisbane all over Carlton, well ahead. Carlton kicked a few late, um, uh, but Brisbane have won out thirty three point winners. Um, Lockie Neal starting to sort of, he's probably built a case to be one of the Brownlow favorites at this point of the year.
1: Yeah, which would make him a two timer. I'm not sure, like. You know that that puts him up there with some some great names. If he can win a second Brownlow, is is he welcome in that company in your eyes?
0: Oh, I think he is the body of work he's putting together. Um, the 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 Fremantle will get more compensation for just how well he's turned out. Um, they, they've had two two time Brownlow medalists on their list. If he <laughs> yeah, true actually yeah, with Tiffy
1: didn't,
0: didn't quite get one for them, but um yeah no he um. He's, he's putting it all together. Uh, the big talking point out of this one is the Paddy Cripps. uh it was Archie. What am I saying? Yeah, correctly? that's it. Callum that's Archie. He, he, number he's four. Just run through. Um, yeah, Cripp has been, apparently he's been offered a two week ban as though he can take them up on the offer. You know, it sounds like someone's been generous offering him two, two weeks. Um, he's been suspended for two weeks. He can take it with an early plea. <laughs> Slightly, yeah. Uh, Different reporting. Uh, have you you would have seen the incident, no doubt, at this point? Or some um, doubt?
1: No, no, some, da- some doubt on this one, Seb. You, you've caught me there uh, late on Sunday. I was uh, actually listening to parts of this one on radio, if you can believe that, uh, in the car. So uh, I'm, I'm polishing up on my highlights just to, to get uh, the vision. That's all right.
0: So um, effectively, the ball's loose. It's not a marking contest. Archie's there. Cripps runs at it, jumps for the ball. But doesn't get the ball. Gets uh, Chi, and and he's out. Um, umpire didn't see. This is what fast. So as far as the suspension goes, I hate that the real time the game's sped up already. Like it's a fast, fast game, and yet we're now judging these instances in slow mo from different angles. Where are his eyes? Where's this? Where's that? Um, and we're asking players to do the impossible, which we've discussed
1: before. Um, Just sorry, Seb, as you're saying that for the record, thanks to technology, I've just watched the incident. So now I can join you. Uh, Thanks for bearing with me there, 12 rows back listeners. That's all right. That's all right, Tom. Um, Yeah, like it's
0: such a split-second thing. Um, He jumped, he got him high. There's so many things wrong with it. Um, My head, and this is a North Melbourne fan, went to when uh, Zeeble cleaned up one of the Carlton boys doing the exact same thing. Jumped, tried to get the ball, late. Got him in the head. He got four weeks, down to three. We took it to the tribunal. He stuck with four. I um, wish he'd do it again so he can get another four to life. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 to um, life.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah i I saw him getting two, and I can see them getting him off with an appeal. And and the, the problem with the rules, none of us are any the wiser, and there's raging debate. No one knows what is or isn't allowed. Um, it what I find.
1: Oh no, you go. Sorry. No, uh, um, you. No, I was going point. to say, does that put a dent in Carlton's finals hopes? Given that, yeah, these are two pretty massive games that they've got—the Ds and the Pies coming up. They're hanging, you know. Well, they need him to, to that spot. If they're it's going nice.
0: to win one, they need him. Like they need him firing, Big H firing, Charlie firing. They they need everyone firing. Um, the Melbourne are good. Uh, Collingwood are in form. Like, yeah, they're they're going to need him to to fire. Um. Of course, their percentage isn't great. Just like Collingwood, it's not that much better than Collingwood's. The Dogs is currently slightly better. So if the Dogs win out and Carlton lose out, there's a scenario where they miss. Or the Saints win through and big wins. That's probably pushing it.
1: But um, <laughs> thanks for including us in that. I mean, we, we've we talk, we've sunk the boots into the Bombers, who really got you know right ahead of themselves uh, by coming eighth last year. Do you do you put the Blues in that category? Could you? I mean, nah, is, I, are they on a don't. different trajectory? Tra- trajectory, sorry to uh, to the Dons. I mean, you, you you feel more comfortable with the the Blues going forward than you did with the Dons last year, do you?
0: Yeah, you've got the twin forwards, like real legitimate key forwards, like two Coleman medal winning key forwards. Yes, I'm going early on Charlie, but as a star, <laughs> yeah. um, you got Cripps in the middle, like. I take your point. I just don't feel that way. Something in my gut's telling me, yep. All right. They probably should have finished better after going eight and two to start the year, but um, the pit and net injuries killed them. Um, they've had various other. I mean, they're, Cripps, Hewitt, and who's the other one they're going to be missing from that midfield? There's a third they're going to be missing. Kennedy? If, yeah. Kennedy. So they're going to be missing those three if Cripps' suspension gets upheld. And that, they're big losses to cover. Every team's got injuries, but. You can't look at Carlton last year and Carlton this year and say, yeah, who'd they bring in? Adam Chera? The De yep. Konings playing more? Like, you can't go from that to that and go, oh, yeah, they're still the same side. Like, they're in the eight. They've got to lose out to miss out on the eighth spot by percentage as opposed to, you know, they they're, they were in the eight and now they're sitting. I hate it. Well, they, they were they were eight and three and now they're they're having to win two games to make the eight and plus percentage and have results, which is where the Saints are. Like, it, it just depends on which side of the coin you yeah, fall. But yeah it, anyway, you look at it, it's a stepping stone towards a good year next year. They're doing what Frio did. I thought Frio were going to play finals last year. I went hard on them. They sort of went up, went down, didn't quite make the eight. And then now they were able to take another step this year. So i see Carlton a little bit year behind them. Maybe not quite, because I still think they're, I mean, they've won 12 games. It's a, it's a decent return for a club that's historically not been able to win twelve games in the last fifteen years. So um, I don't. I just um, yeah. They're 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 going to struggle without Crips, and if he's out, there might be curtains for them. Um, who knows? It just just depends where that sort of sits. Um, that and it, he's one of the favourites of the Brownlow too, Tom.
1: Yeah, no, that's I was going to say that's going to rock that uh, market. Good for Lockie Neal or uh, Andy Brayshaw, who will also be up there. Um, So, uh, look, I know because you coach me, but you're a coach, Seb. You set up, obviously, your structures and whatnot, but you have your team rules. So, one thing I want to ask, Carlton were coming late. Yes, Brizzy, they jumped out. Had another good first half, faded away. That's their own issue for them. But Charlie Cameron has a shot. Or I guess is lining up for a shot. The Blues were coming. It was about 22 points. He goes. I think it was to give the handball. He it marks it with what within 15 meters of goal late in the game. Looks to give you know an over the top to Lincoln McCarthy. Doesn't work out. Can't take it down the other end. Zach Fisher kicks a goal. Surely it's got to be a team rule that if if you're within even any point within 20 meters of goal, you go back and have the shot. Even if there's an option there, you should be able to kick a goal from within 20 metres. That should just be a team rule. Uh, Is that a fair statement to you as a former coach? Because, Uh you know, I mean, it didn't pan out. It didn't matter in the end, but they're the kind of little things that, that, you know, creep into a small forwards game in particular, you know, when they're trying to get the assists up and be a, a, you know, a selfless team player where you just got to put it on your shoulders and be a bit selfish. So, I would have thought that's a fair team rule to have as a coach.
0: Fair team rule. Um, you probably have to end up landing somewhere in the middle on this, don't you? Like if you watched, I mean, Geelong of the late noughties, early 2010s were probably too unselfish. Stevie J, Cam Mooney, trying to have little competitions as to who can give off the most. Um, And and in some ways that might look like lair rising an opponent. And then, Melbourne this year, Bailey Fritch keeps copping criticism because he's not passing it off. Cosi Pickett cops some, which I mentioned earlier. They should just be finishing those goals in a lot of ways. So you sort of end up somewhere in the middle and you trust your better players and players in good sides to make the right decision at the time. Like, all right, at this point in time, I can go over the top to try and do something because we're up by so much. It doesn't work out, no harm. At other points, now I've got to go back and take my 30 and have a shot. You sort of have to trust your players to do that, but are you saying it was a team rule for the Lions?
1: No, I'm saying like if it was a team rule, Charlie goes back, kicks it, and the game's well and truly wrapped up, but he doesn't do it. I mean, it was situational, but you know, you, you, I had my coaching hat on for a sec there, and I was picturing awesome. old Chris Fagan on the boundary, chewing his gum, tearing his hair out when that happened because the coach tearing Cameron.
0: his tearing his hammy. Well, um, he
1: could be too. They dodging um, hammies, as we've seen.
0: Yeah, look. The, the the other thing I sort of, like, you've got to be a players coach and you've got to back your players in and whatever decision they make, you've got to be happy to live with. And if they keep making the wrong one, they make the wrong one, you've got to teach them how to make the right one. And in the heat of the moment, you, you can't have them second-guessing themselves. And if you watched certain teams this year who didn't know what their coach was telling them, they were second in guessing <laughs> themselves all the time and they kept losing uh, by these, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 say, points.
1: Talking from experience on that front. But yeah, it looked fair. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it, that's what team rules do, isn't it? Get, a, get rid of that black and white.
0: Oh Yeah, it, it, it would. It would. Just during a grand final, you've got an easy over the top, but my team rule says I have to go back. And then I play on, but the siren goes as I'm playing on.
1: Well, yeah, again, situational, but I just yeah. thought it was interesting. It's situational I and mean, feel for the game, but yeah, yeah that's I, I see it. what you're saying. Feel for the game, yeah, but that's a good way to look at it. But I, look, I just thought it was interesting because, you know, we've also seen players, you know, not aware of the time and, and play on. In Actually, up at Brisbane, I think Joey Danaher did that. So there, there's still some rough edges on the lines. I'll tell you bloke I enjoyed. Zach Bailey, you know, 19 and 4. He, he's in the All-Australian team, isn't
0: he? He'd have to be. Yeah. He just he's got one of the best side steps in the in the game just
1: they all go straight past him. He's going to be massive for them in September. So um look, probably pass and fail for this one, I think. Probably degrading yeah. the Lions slightly on their home deck, but pass and fail.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh a lot of criticism. The jury's out on the Lions. Any wins at home don't mean a single thing at the minute. Um so yeah, I'm happy with a pass and a fail. Um <laughs>
1: That's true, actually. I think basically, unless it's a win in September or a win at the MCG, we're not giving them any credit, really.
0: No, they're, they're not getting a second of credit unless they win those games. Uh, harsh, but that's that's the world we, we live in, in, the world the, the world they've got themselves into after their recent years. The bar goes up a bit after you start playing some consistent footy in September. Um, there was one more game over in Perth. West Coast hosting Adelaide. Uh, seventeenth versus fifteenth. So, you know, game of the, not game of the year, Tom. Wasn't. Um, <laughs> Look, but it was a great Josh. What's his middle name? Josh J Kennedy. Josh J Kennedy. That's Josh right. P. But that's that's the other
1: one. I, I did uh, actually uh to to call something out. I think it was Xavier Ellis's radio show. They got uh, Josh Kennedy shirts made, and it had our mate Josh Kennedy on them, which I enjoyed seeing a little bit a bit of a sharp one there.
0: It was. It was just very AFL centric. He should have got the old striker for the Socceroos. Yeah, I was um, gonna say, yeah. Would have been real oh, oh, topical. Probably a little bit above Xavier Ellis' uh intelligence level, that one. Um no, nah, the Eagles Eagles hosted the Crows. I was yeah, I thought this was the one game the Eagles were gonna get a win on. Oh, I tipped them. But <laughs> they're back after the year and I tipped them and I'm I'm real dirty. Kennedy's kicked eight. everything sort of went to script in a lot of ways. He missed one late that would have really tied it up. Adelaide had got the win by sixteen points again, worsening their draft position um but yeah it was you know he's a he's a champion of our game um and he's given given that club a hell of a lot those seven hundred plus goals over the year the years um and it was good to see him go out in in a positive way like that. You know, you we've got to celebrate the champions like that when they come.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely! Like, I mean, if he, West Coast greatest goal kicker, premiership player. Um, I think yeah, I'm pulling up the stats here. I think in the AFL era, he has the most bags of six and seven. So he he's really just just dominated. You know that that's when when you're looking at we were talking bags before they are some absolute monsters. So yeah. So I've got here the seven plus goal halls in the 18 team era. He's had 13 next best is buddy with eight. Uh And if you go bags of six, he's on 20 with Jezza Cameron on 17. So, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable run of form. Uh He is a massive, massive loss for them. Um, I guess Eagles fans going forward. Yeah. You sort of, take out Kennedy who kicked eight in this game. And then your next man in is uh, Jack Darling, who's age 30. So they really need Oscar Allen to step into that void. Uh, massive shoes to fill, he, you know, yeah, he's maybe so, want to watch the Eagles, Josh Kennedy. I'll say that I've, I've had a, a real soft spot for him. So I'm sad to see him go, but he's had a hell of a career and deserved the reception. He got 50,000 turning up to this one. So uh, he's loved by the people. He's yeah, my champion. word.
0: This was a great find. Uh, Cal Toomey pick three in the 2001 draft has to be the best selection ever. That was Chris Judd. So West coast from that pick, have got 405 games, 850 goals across 21 seasons, two flags, one Brownlow, one Norm Smith, two Colmans and nine all Australians.
1: <laughs> Obviously games rude. out of
0: Judd and, and Josh Kennedy, which, you know, not to mention, they also got Chrissy Maston and, and I think something else in that
1: trade. Oh, yeah. Carlton got Dennis Armfield. With a late pick who played 140 something games, I didn't realize he played that many. Dennis Colt figure, but um, I was
0: looking up his highlights on YouTube, Tom. That, so long as it had the Triple M commentary behind that's Dennis Armfield, not Josh Kennedy for the record.
1: Yeah, that's no, that would Dennis on Triple M. No, nah, look, I mean, and you know, that old argument who won that trade? I mean, it's your, your classic win win, but the Eagles won it. Let's let's be honest, especially like, yeah. Juddie's time of Carlton did have a brown low but you you bring the players in to get that cup don't you Seb and and he got them there in 2018 and and played well in that granny kick kick some important goals so um, yeah massive massive loss for them but the send off was was huge uh that's where you want to sort of see two teams giving the send off for, for this kind of uh I guess end of career event probably not a 250 gamer um but yeah, I mean, they went to him a lot, and I mean, he was delivering from from his favourite spot, you know, that little uh, arc of the fifty in the boundary, and he was just hitting them. Like I know the body's cooked, but it was just great to see it one more time uh, for Adelaide. Uh, it did get lost. Rory Laird played his two hundredth uh, and was probably best on for them. He just keeps, he just knows how to find the footy, this bloke, uh, and he was massive. So, um, uh, like you said, Adelaide probably worse than their draft position, but I guess they're trying to build up that uh, that winning culture. And I mean, they're probably, they impressed me because I, I did think the Eagles with everything they play for and so they haven't been impressed
0: out- after this week
1: with Adelaide in that. I, I mean, the bar's low. Don't worry. The bar's low. I'm not thinking they're world beaters, but I did think, you know, given what I've seen of the Eagles, I mean, they played us a couple of weeks ago and they had some, some patches, I know we're not champions, but uh, they they did look like giving us a shake there, and and I liked what I was seeing from them. They've sort of got that competitiveness back. I thought, yeah, playing for Joshy Kennedy, they they they'd really lift. And you know, Adelaide weren't flying, and and they've been out out of form, so they were up for the like for the picking. And Adelaide, despite having the stadium against them, found a way to get it done. So for a young side, I'm giving them kudos for that. They're not. World beaters don't worry Seb I still think I tipped Adelaide for the spoon this year so I'm not big on them but uh the bars low and I I liked what I saw on the weekend from them.
0: Yeah just before I forget this is a stat off the off the top yeah. I obviously read this I haven't just come up with it but um Josh Kennedy uh Glen Jakovich's last game three goals in the first quarter Josh uh Matthew Nix was a player Josh Kennedy's last game, three games in the first quarter, three goals in the first quarter. Matthew Nicks, opposing coach. Jeez,
1: there you go. I
0: don't know oh. if it means anything. It's one of those silly things Swamp comes up with that uh just tells me he needs to get a real job. <laughs> um oh. look, I I thought West Coast was gonna win this. I'm actually really worried for where, where West Coast goes. So they're gonna play Freo this weekend, who are slightly better than Adelaide.
1: Oh, that's uh they're gonna
0: lose eight goals out of that side.
1: Well, yeah, exactly, yeah, and and the, we're, like
0: where too. like West Coast better. I don't know how well Simpson's message is still going with these players and group. Like, I don't think he's necessarily going to leave. I think North have offered him everything under the kitchen sun to move, or, or or I think they were trying to talk him into coming for a meeting, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But um,
1: sorry, I love that you just said under the kitchen sun. That is just a brilliant melding of two uh, cliches. That's that's what we're working with. That's that's what you get. That's just thinking outside the box, but I'm with you. Just
0: wait till you have two kids, mate. You can say whatever you want. It sometimes makes sense. Yeah, I like Um, Yeah, I just worry for where the Eagles go next. And um, look, there's a world where they end up with pick one and North get a win against the Suns. Not saying it'll happen, but saying it's a a fair chance because I can't see West Coast beating Freo or Geelong at home.
1: I genuinely think you're actually a chance to avoid the spoon by virtue of the Eagles getting smashed in these last two games, like Freo will come out and sink the boots into a team that you know the Eagles have had their measure for a long time uh and really juice up their percentage and then I mean it might be just the cats just can't be stuffed down at the Cattery just just making this one ugly, but <laughs> you might avoid the spoon. Because of these uh these large mar- large margins in these games, you might not have to win out Seb. So um yeah, it it is frightening to think, like I said before. You take out Kennedy's goals, you've got Darling who who can do it. He kicked six against the Suns, but he's leading the charge now. But no Oscar Allen for this year, so yeah. The I don't know if Simo is he gonna go down the route of You know, do you flood back, or you can't really do that anymore because of the six six six. So he just just sort of has to copy his whack like Sheed's did with the early Giants, and just let them play and just see what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's they got some decisions to make. They obviously need to turn the list over. I just it it took them it it clearly took them too long to work that out. And then sort of from sort of six eight weeks into this year, I think they sort of fully committed to to rebuilding, but you're going to need a little bit more time down the bottom and um you know players like this who kick eight everything's for you you're playing for a club legend you're at home if you look at your fixtures players you know this is the last winnable game like we used to do that we used oh, to know yeah. we were playing the second bottom side when we were bottom and then the last three weeks of first second third ball, we're not going to win those everyone's going to play well in this one and we're going to win this one and and that's how you used to do it so um if they can't win this one, they're not going to win too many West Coast. And uh, two wins in a year, it's not great.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> know. You, you forget, and, and you know, I, again, showing off my live laddering or just looking at the AFL apps ladder, it's basically at the moment just shows you wins. You flick on the little extended ladder and you're going to see two wins and 18 losses. That's that's a lot of games to lose in a year. I know the rules are the but same. Know, I'm not sinking the boots in. But for the Eagles who, you know, they're, Come what we're only four years out from the winning a flag, and now they're down at this this level. Like a you know a spoon team, you'd sort of say three, four wins maybe, but but two's low even for a spoon. So it's, it's not great.
0: Yep, yep. I uh, think they need to. There's a way to go. So fail, eagles, pass the crows.
1: Yeah, pass and I fail the I don't distinction think can... against the eagles. Sorry, oh, no, I thought you might fail them for winning. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, f- pass and fail. Uh, I think it's fair for this one. Yep. Um, I'm
0: going to ask you a question without notice. Have you caught up on the the Adelaide camp situation?
1: Yeah, it's it's just bloody ugly, that stuff. Uh, they yeah. have just butchered it from the actual camp itself, which was horrendous, through to just how they've handled it and, well, or not apologised for it over these last, what, four or five years. It is just a lesson in how not to manage an incident, basically. Uh, it's, yeah. I, yeah. I so if you haven't caught up it on and... it,
0: if you haven't caught up on it, there's an excerpt from Eddie Betts's new book, The Boy from I should know the Bundaroo. I
1: think that's um, right.
0: Something like that. I saw it I saw it in a bookstore on Saturday. Um he's basically told his version of events from the camp. Josh Jenkins has come out and supported it. Bryce Gibbs has gone on the record supporting it. A whole heap of Crows players have gone um anonymous, anonymous anonymously on the record supporting that version of events and and um, don pike's come out and apologize now despite all the interviews after the camp saying no nothing was wrong we didn't offend them we're trying to do what we can to get better um you sort of i think people looked at the essendon saga saying yep no never again and here we are again with some real questionable stuff from people in positions of leadership and um it was the first thing i was taught in the coaching um Coaching accreditation course I did all those years ago. Now um, it's about supporting the players and improving the players and, and giving them the tools they need. And and this is the complete opposite. Um, I know from what I've seen, Crow's supporters are pretty ashamed of their club at the minute, rightly so. Um, and it's not a do better sort of situation. Like the, these people in in positions of power, they should like who were involved in that like I'd be reviewing their position at my club. We have one Heath uni is at North Melbourne now. And he was there at the time. He's the assistant coach who came out earlier in the year for North and had a crack at the players. Um, after a preseason game, I think it was saying, you know, the message isn't sinking in early and that was warning signs. Um, it's just, it's just tone deaf sort of stuff. Um, from, from well, the crows and, and they couldn't have got it more wrong. And it's a life lesson. If you do something wrong, you own up to it, own it, and move on. And then you can move on. They never moved on. And all the players that left after that, they either left or they've deteriorated or retired or whatever. And the clubs ended up where the club has.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We're talking four years down the line and it's still reverberating around the walls. I think the most, like, you know, you look at the leadership there, you know, Mark Roshudo sort of trying to sweep it under the rug. Even this week, he's uh, got to go. He's got to he go from that. He hasn't grasped what has what happened. <clears throat> I mean, you take obviously the stuff you saw from Eddie, which was just incredibly culturally insensitive, and that that's a red flag instantly. Uh, and the fact that it did, uh, you know, affect his position at the club and his form. And then you sort of look at, you know, counselling information used against you like that. That's just unbelievable. That. We, You know, we're talking an elite competition with that many people involved. I mean, their welfare manager was kept at arm's length. So <laughs> the fact that someone wasn't like, geez, this this, this shouldn't happen or this shouldn't go on uh, is a disgrace for the, the Adelaide Football Club. I mean, I've seen, you know, they were told to sort of say, you know, I'm a better husband, I'm a better person, I'm a better player after that camp. And you can actually read some of the stuff in articles from... Tex and Rory, and they're Read saying the that word. they're just, you know, drinking the Kool Aid, as they say on that one. So it's just, you know, instead of building this, it's torn the club to shreds. It showed the lack of leadership, the lack of character. Um, and I'm with you, it, it, it's not on the level of the, the drug saga because you know, Essendon make bigger headlines, but it, there's some sort of I don't think they've been punished enough for what's gone on there. Um, they can cop their whack, you know, in this way, like they have the past week, but I don't think they've actually been punished as they should have for this because it defies logic and just makes you angry reading about it.
0: The reason I compare it a bit to the Essendon one is not the, obviously taking performance enhancing drugs and whether you did or didn't, I'm not here to debate any of that is considered worse in the scheme of things. But I think the real taking the lesson out of that was the club didn't put the players first and try and look after them and give them the tools to succeed. They tried to get the edge. And here, Adelaide have not put the players first and thought about the players. They've tried to get the edge. That's the comparison I draw. The level of culpability and guilt and all that garbage is to be debated on another day um, in another pub. But um, just the... I, th- I think the never again was... a club will never put their players in that sort of compromise position again where they can't tell them what they did or didn't take. And... Here we are, what was about five years on Adelaide and up in the same spot. Um, clearly got it wrong and, and paid the price. But if they had have owned it at the time, this would just be a one or two day story of, yep, this is what happened. We sort of knew most of that. Eddie's come out and said it. Um, it's really sad. It made me really sad to read what Eddie had to go through.
1: Yeah, you know, that's the, the thing. that makes you sad and it makes you Eddie. angry, doesn't it, reading it?
0: Eddie Betts, we love Eddie Betts, all the great things he's done he's built up resilience and, and um, ability to deal with these sorts of things. Whereas other people have it and they end up in the same scenarios and you just, you feel for them and just wish people didn't have to suffer it. Um, I think the great quote in there was our coach passed away. <laughs> he was killed the year before. Like we were pretty resilient now. We yeah, don't need to do it. Right. So um, I, it, it was a, it hit heavy reading that from Eddie and I just, yeah, wanted to address it because it's, um, I'm glad my club's not involved and I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Just yeah. just just awful and um yeah, we've got to move on from it. But I oh, don't know if Adelaide to fully grasped what they've done yet. Some well, yeah, people that, that's some people issue. inside yeah. the club. I think a lot of people have who are around Adelaide, but there still seems to be some power brokers there who haven't quite grasped what's going
1: on. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just hope yeah, I just yeah, I'm with you. You're angry, you're sad, you shake your head that it could happen in this AFL environment we're living, but yeah, it's just it's, it's I I can't put into words that it how terrible it was and, and that they just let the players down at that level and, and the way they did it. But look not sure how to segue out of that one, Seba, but it's uh, no,
0: nah, we we had a lot to get through tonight.
1: It was, that's it's a big one, and that look that was big, and it it should be because of the size of that issue. So, um, more I'm yeah. glad we discussed it actually, because we you know they're the kind of issues that yeah, like a, a club shouldn't be getting away with. So, we'll yeah. see what happens with the crows from here with that one, because it might not even be closed now. You know, they've they've found a way to keep it just moving out of the media's eye and uh, and not shutting it off yeah. exactly.
0: Um, now, we haven't done a podcast for a little while, but um, I think because we missed a few, our, our good mate, DJ Broadsword, hasn't been uh, mit, writing in after every Collingwood win. <laughs> well, I'm surprised I'm because... Geez. They may not win another game. He may <laughs> not get another chance to, but <laughs> um, I thought there should have been about six or seven emails here waiting to be read out.
1: Well, I mean, we he is known for sending them through as the pies are, are getting, you know, yeah. while well, the song's going, basically. Well, I uh, think
0: he waits for the Collingwood chant and then decides now's the time to send it in with one. Uh,
1: well, I mean, he wouldn't have heard that too often because mm-hmm. their games have been that close. They've been literally down to the wire for the past three months. So this is true.
0: Hasn't this had too true. many chances. Nah, well, that, that, that'll that come back. Yeah, we are back. We're here to cover a ripper two weeks, silly week off, and then four weeks of finals. Oh, I was, was going we'll to say, that's happening again, isn't it, this final. year? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we'll have to find something
1: to do that week. No, we will. Maybe we'll run through our list. I, I definitely know my predictive ladder from from a few months back. Uh, it, it, it's I don't know if I want to dust off that episode, but I'm not sure how far off we were. Maybe we have a look at that app and and see if we got it right or wrong. I think I had the Saints in there. I might have had my Saints hat on that week, but I love it. So this is where yeah, it's getting a little warmer in the air. September coming through, and 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 this is what it's about—the finals and. And your team still being in the running to lift that cup and, and we're going to cover it. and I can't wait because this is that juicy tail end of the year that we all love.
0: Yep, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There's still time to get a win uh, and we just sort of hold your breath, pray for no injuries and, and look forward to the best running around in September and, and on the flip side, it is retirement season. So a few breaks of the game will be going out and um, hopefully uh, Cubs captain joins them.